All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you very much, Lisa. Welcome to Oilers Nation Radio, episode 148. I'm Bag Milk here with Tyler, Rick, and Dan, and we are going to be breaking down the world of the Edmonton Oilers. But before we get started, it's going to be a busy episode today. I've got to give a shout out to our friends at Sherwood for the Giant out in Sherwood Park. It is time to upgrade your vehicle. You've been thinking about it, and I've decided for you. New Bronco, they're not giving them to us, so you might as well get one for yourself. And they're not giving them away for free. They are not. Sherwood Ford, I'm looking at my parking spot right now. There's still no Bronco sitting in my parking spot. I don't know what's going to go on to get that to happen, aside from me paying for it. But uh, I've got a feeling my parking spot will be empty for a while longer. So head on out to Sherwood Ford for your Bronco or service or whatever it is that you need. They've got the expertise to help you Follow them on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant. Mr. Uramchuk, what is this week's Sherwood Ford giant question of the week? Well, it's it's been a pretty quiet week around Oilers Nation. Um, so it was really, really tough to come up with a giant question of the week. Um, but I settled on this one and it's relatively simple. Your take on the Duncan Keith trade. Who? <laughs> Who wants to go first? <laughs> All right. So before we actually get started, Tyler, you and I have spoken about this on various nation network properties a few different times now. So that trade happened on Monday, right before we, st- we recorded real life. Before you give your take, has your opinion changed over the last four days? Has it softened? Has it strengthened? Has it hardened? Are you more mad? Are you less mad? 
it's it's softened a little bit but that kind of happens with everything right like i go through the process of like you know being all in on it for a day and then you know my interest wanes and i start to go like ah well nothing left to do but just wait and see kind of thing and that's kind of the mindset i'm in right now but i i think if i could sum it up in kind of 60 seconds here i and, and in bullet points even i like duncan keith this is an exciting addition he will help the oilers next season those things are I'm pretty confident in both of them that he, he will come to Edmonton. He will help the Oilers next season. We'll like him as an Oiler, but that does not change the fact that they gave up too much to get him, and they're paying him too much. And in a cap world heading into an off season where, you know, you already don't have a ton of assets and heading into a deadline next year where you won't have a ton of assets. You can't be overpaying in both salary and assets for a player that you should have had all you should have had all the bargaining power in in negotiating this deal and the fact that it you came away from it and it's a pretty clear cut loss again not in the player you got you got a good player I like Duncan Keith but you just gave up way 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 too much to get him and again he only really wanted to come here there was no reason to do the deal when you did there was no reason to give up as much as you did. And that's the frustrating part. And I get the sense that a lot of fans, like there are people on one end who think, you know, they got a bargain and Duncan Keith's going to play top pairing minutes, help win the cup. There's another side who thinks Duncan Keith replacement level can be buried in the AHL. He's dog shit should never play here. Right? Like there are people on both sides. I think the, you know, most people kind of in the middle of this debate understand that, you know, Duncan Keith leadership intangibles, all that stuff. It's good. That's good to have in your locker room, but you can say that while also going, Ken Holland kind of screwed himself here and, and made a bad trade. Who wants to jump in next? I'll finish things off just because I've written about Duncan Keith today at OilersNation.com. My podcast about Duncan Keith. I've talked about him on the radio this week. It's been a lot. Dan, your thoughts on the two-time Norris winner, three-time cup winner, and Con Smythe trophy winner. Yeah, I, uh, I'm with Tyler I mean I think I think everybody on the podcast is is pretty happy with with Duncan Keith now I mean it's one of those things that once the transaction was done once the you know the the league had signed off on it and everything it's just kind of it sucks and what what frustrates me going forward with it is the next trade and the next trade and the next trade are all terrifying to me now uh, Tyler hit it on the head. You know, it, we just, we paid too much for a player that we just didn't need to pay. And it's what sucks. Like the thing, the levels of the suckage for me is that uh, again, going back to the fact that the next trade scares me, but also now Duncan Keith has this dumb trade hanging over his head for yeah. no reason whatsoever. And we've seen it with Chris Russell. We've seen it with other players before you, you sign a contract, you get traded for a, a trend like Adam Larson, another example of a guy that gets undue hate towards him because of the cost of acquisition for him that people just don't agree with. So, you know, it is what it is. The trade happened. There's no undue button on that trade, unfortunately. Um, and but Duncan Keith is an Edmonton Oiler, and I'm super excited for that part of it. That's 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 what I'm trying to look forward to, and I'm also super terrified about the next transaction. Go ahead, Rick. Rick, you've been the most positive of all of us on social media. Your thoughts on Duncan Keith? Uh, you know what? I do think it probably is a bit of a step backwards. I don't think I think it's it's a little bit too much to pay for him uh, in terms of his contract value uh, for two years. 
but I also don't think it's as bad as everybody's making it sound out to be. Like to be, they, they, they there's a value on what he can do off the ice. Okay, there's Connor McDavid. I can guarantee you isn't a fantastic teammate because he's going to want the best of the best at all times. He's going to be pushing levels. His intensity level is going to be through the roof. And I don't think a lot of guys can match that. That's why Connor is is where Connor is. Um, I think that a player like Duncan Keith is going to be able to uh, just, you know, bring the team up a bit better, have an opportunity to be able to talk to the players while Connor does his thing. He can help with the with the other guys. He's going to bring that intensity. We lost the guy in Matt Hendricks, and I know everybody likes to poo-poo what he did, but he was a huge part of the offense. Okay, he made Connor feel great in the dressing room. He took care of things that Connor wasn't able to at the t- at the time. Uh, he had a huge role off the ice. Duncan Keith's going to do the exact same thing, and I think he can bring a lot more on the ice. You can look at the fact that um, Cluffbaum's salary comes off. And I know everyone's like, you can't look at it and, and swap it, but it's only an extra million and a bit, right? Uh, you, who knows what you're going to spend to get that other that, that other defenseman there? Everyone you said possibly um, could have got it for free, though. But who? Keith, Do you man, want? Like, I, I think you is, had is all the Yano power. Better? <laughs> okay, and I agree. If you would have waited, if Ken Holland would have said, "You know what, Stan Bowman, that is fantastic. I'm not talking to talking to you until after expansion," what would have happened? What's the worst thing that would have happened? What if that trade's not there anymore? And they've already talked. Okay. To, like they've already said, they've talked to Connor and they talked to Leon. What if they all said, you know what? This is a trade because this is what Connor wants. He fills a lot of options for us. He fills a lot of holes for us. We like it. Connor wants them. Go get them because Connor wants them. But the season wasn't starting tomorrow. The season wasn't starting the next day. Like you could have waited yeah, until the we, last possible t- day we, to pull that off. We we, we waited last year on goaltenders and we lost out on everybody. Okay, but that's not talking. It not ended talk- up working about- out though. But we're also right. not talking about like a free agent here. He's still in. He's still a Chicago Blackhawk until they trade him, right? Yeah, and, and I just think, but Chicago, I don't think Chicago wanted to trade him. But Duncan if it Keith wasn't wanted for out. Keith wanting out, yeah, had- But how how bad did he want out? As well, it was a loyalty thing. Sound, it always it always sounded like there was an opportunity that Duncan Keith was not going to be horribly upset had he not moved out. Like this wasn't way- like a terrorist. This wasn't like a Tarasenko thing where he's like. He wants out, out, never play again. From what, uh, what how I understood it was, um, Duncan wanted out if there was a chance to go to Edmonton or Seattle. The only way it makes sense to me, the transaction cost is, is if the, the Puckpedia wormhole thing that they opened up where if, if he retires in the offseason next season and it's an under-the-table deal, it's not that's the only way it makes sense. It I know it's happen. not happening, but I'm just saying and that that's the only convi- way that you can you, even say that the cost And you can't sense. convince me that a bad team isn't going to have players with bad analytics then. So when a player who's just playing on a bad team, his number is going to be brought down. So maybe those aren't exactly what Duncan T- Keith's analytic numbers are. Maybe I, when I, you get I, him on a better I, team I, with better minutes, that's going to rise. I don't Everyone's like analytics. Like, he couldn't analytics, do what he did anymore in that position, but when he's not playing in that position anymore, but analytics he can still bring a lot that, to what he does. The analytics don't show the fact that he wasn't around his kid for a year and a half, other than eh, one. I, I'm not buying that though as a reason to hurt his performance. But didn't we? Man. But didn't we? But were we using like, that there's, for a positive for Cam, for um for Cam Talbot? Were we not using the fact his kids were around? Were we not using that for a Cam like it? Uh, People ripped Cam Talbot because they said he had to spend too much time with his kids. They said the twins well, no, were the I reason why those, he couldn't I didn't, play anymore. I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't mean those people. I meant like us here. Like we were like you like you know when he's got the kids around made him feel better. Like so, not having something, but I don't think it's it's I don't think it's a huge part. 
but I do think it is something. When I look at the Duncan Keith move, there's the obvious talk that right now is being sold of the intangibles that he's going to bring, and he will. You know, the guy's won basically everything you can possibly win in hockey, and there's value to that. However, the bet made on <laughs> that making a huge difference as well as his performance declining on the ice makes this a very expensive bet for the Oilers. 5.5 generally wouldn't be all that much. Yes, the cleft bomb money is going to move to the LTIR, but you still have to be cap compliant when the season starts before you move them. And, and you yeah. saved and you saved a bit with Nuge, and I don't think this was done as a as a one-off move. I oh. do believe there's a blueprint ahead of and that's where they could spend a little more here because this and this and this. Like, I do not think this is a one-off move. And he's like, look, now now what? I think the he's got I a plan, is, and I think that's why it was done. It's the opportunity cost. $5.5 million. It's essentially you bought a truck in 2010 or whatever, and you're paying this payment in 2010 for Duncan Keith, and this is the player he was, and he was great at that time. But you're still paying that same cost for an asset that is not the same anymore. That's a problem to me. And we can't ignore the numbers just because I don't know how reasonable it is to bet on a player that just turned 38 today. Happy birthday, Duncan Keith. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how reasonable it is to bet on a 38-year-old player to bounce back. And yes, I agree. Playing with weaker, you know, defensive partner, greener defensive partner, however you want to put it, and having just lesser play- teams. Sure, just the but- team wasn't just the team wasn't that good. Well, you, that's fine though. But like, still, betting on a thirty-eight-year-old to bounce back is a very risky and- bet. And like I, Rick, I'm with you, man. I think the analytics are going to improve once he's here in Edmonton. I do too. He, he's going to get better, but the analytics show he's like a one million dollar D man. I don't think yeah. that's true. But even if he bounces back to the level I think he's capable of at his age, I think the best he is, the best, the peak Duncan Keith next year is probably worth about four million bucks to you. Which means, Ken, yeah, that's Ken Hall- fair. I said, yeah, I said but- going in, I, I wouldn't play, pay more than three, so I get it. Yeah, there is. I think it's an overpayment. I am one hundred percent on board there. Um, just the anti Keith people, like that, he's going to be this, he's that, he's whatever. I don't fully believe that. But I, I do agree many... with you. I think he's overpaid a bit, but I think you can work that. I think every every team probably out there has players that over are overpaid. Except he's going to bring a, a he's going to bring he's going to bring a lot away from the game. That's going to help too. They but, put a, a value on that, obviously. But that was the same thing we said, heard about Milan Lucic. Remember, he was supposed to bring swagger back to Edmonton. He was a Cup champion. Too. Andrew Ferrance. It's just I, no, like I think I, the no, intangibles I, are way over. I don't think they're valueless but I think they're overrated in what yeah. they actually do I'm because bringing- if Duncan Keith, let's, let's just follow this. Let's pretend that he continues declining. And I hope he doesn't. Well, obviously I hope he doesn't because he's an oiler. Now we need him. But if this does happen, which would not be uncommon for people at his age, that's a big problem. Huge. And that's what makes this a really risky bet. It's okay. You lost Caleb Jones in a third. It, it is what it is, but I care more about the Edmonton Oilers today Man, this is an expensive one because I know, I'm 36, it's man. It's and I know the old body doesn't do what it needs to anymore. And yes, Duncan Keith's in way better shape than I've ever been in my life. And yes, he talked about <laughs> how he's going to work out harder and blah, 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 blah. But like at the same point, he is still a 38 year old man playing in a 20 something year old league. That's tough. And the resume in this case may have bolstered what Chicago got for him, whether or not. It should have. And that's what makes this a risky bet for me. I'm going to be cheering for him no matter what. We need him. 
We desperately need him to perform, but that doesn't take away. I just the risk don't think me. it's. I just don't think it's that big. And I think the the reaction on Monday was through the roof one on on one side, and that's scary. Like it's the first day. It, I get that. Um, but even still, when you go like four or five days later, people it's still, still a bad trade. But I think most people though, and correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> Most people aren't upset about having Duncan Keith. Most people are upset about why couldn't you get Chicago to hold? I'm kind of with Dan in the sense that like, okay, so today it's Friday. We've never been in this position. Let him him finish. Let him finish. Today is Friday the 16th. The expansion lists have to be submitted tomorrow. I don't understand why it had to get done Monday rather than just waiting Chicago out as they get closer to this expansion draft at the very least, because then you have to, they have to force either they protect Duncan Keith, they buy him out, or then you make the deal maybe a little bit cheaper. I just don't understand why it had to happen on Monday at the very least. Why not grind it out until closer to when we're recording right now. And the other element of it too is you get to see who, then you get to see the teams, who the teams bought out to get ready for the expansion draft. And, you know, people can say that we weren't planning or nobody knew that Ryan Suter was going to get bought out or, or Yandel or anything like that. But the point is you didn't have to make that transaction at that point. It's just, and that's just, that's the, that's just the plain and simple. Would fact you rather it. have, would you rather have Yandel than, than not Yandel, but I'd rather not have Edler, but it, but the, okay, but so the, the the addition of Yandel, the addition of Suter, that changes the value of defensemen immediately. Even mm-hmm. if even if you don't value them more than Duncan Keith, the everybody more now, out there. You, it's it's so just out. It everybody out. said Suter wouldn't come to Canada. I, I won't. Again, everything, everybody he won't. Radio. He absolutely won't. You're a hundred percent correct. Can't be part but of it. he lowers the value for Seattle in that in this Duncan Keith transaction, right? Then Seattle says, well, I can go get Ryan Suter, who, yeah, maybe he doesn't have the same resume that Duncan Keith does, but the value is still there. And I can and I'd rather have Suter than than pay a player and a draft pick for Duncan Keith from you, Chicago. And so there's therefore the the value of that pick tra- changes. And you can you can have the attitude that Ken Holland had, that petulant attitude of, you know, well, what did you expect me to do? <laughs> All we expect you to do is wait and get the best price for the Edmonton Oilers. And if that was Caleb Jones and a second no, round not. pick that could become, or sorry, a third round pick that could become a second round pick in two weeks time, then that's the best deal the Edmonton Oilers could have. But the, the question marks that I have of the transaction are exactly what bag milk said. Why then? Why not the next day? Why not the next the, day? There's also the angle on that draft pick too. Like now that that draft pick is conditional, those picks are locked up. The Oilers yeah, cannot so trade annoying. those yeah. in terms of fishing at the deadline, and that's another problem to this. So and that's sorry. Go. I just think that the bet. This is an expensive bet. It's not a. It's it's. I don't know that it's the upside. High danger. I don't know that the upside can match the actual bet put down on the table on this one. Because the intangibles are what they I Again, I'm with you on the intangibles. I think Evan Bouchard will be a better hockey player because he gets to hang out with Duncan Keith. I believe that would, 100%. However, it, the ice matters. What happens on the ice matters. And I don't think it's fair to just be like, oh, well, he was in a bad team in Chicago. We have to ignore all of this data from the last three seasons. No one's ignoring all of it. I'm just saying it's not as bad as everyone's making it sound out to be. We've seen it with players through here before. Uh, well, we had bad teams and, you know, they had bad analytics. We were trying to sit there trying to pump their tires while everyone shit on them for their bad numbers. They went off somewhere else to do something good. Um, what would you consider, uh, what would you consider that, like, let's say we go to the finals in one of those two years here and he is one of the top four. Is that trade worth it then? 
Okay, but the problem for me is like, and when I tweeted out after it was known that it was a conditional pick that could become a second, I said, oh, great, the trade can get worse. Because, you know, if, if you have to tie up the second round pick, that sucks. But you have to give up a second round pick, that's a lot. And people are like, what the fuck are you talking about? If you go to the cup final, the trade's worth it. And again, it comes back to relative value. If this bet works for Ken Holland, that is fantastic. If they go to the cup final, that is awesome. And if Duncan Keith's a top four D-man, good. It's a good thing they brought him in. But at the end of the day, he requested a trade. He gave two cities. Edmonton was one of them. Edmonton was the only one bidding right now. And there was just, it just felt like every turn, Ken Holland had to make a concession. If it was Jones for Keith straight up, would have loved it. Jones in a third for Keith at two mil retained, would have loved it. The way it was when we first heard it, didn't love it. And then it's like, oh my God, Ken Holland had to take another step in this thing and add a condition onto it. Like the deal was just already an overpayment. Then it was like an overpayment on top of that. And yeah, if they go to the cup final, that's great. But it won't change the fact that Ken Holland should have gotten him for cheaper. It's like if I go to a car dealership and there's a car that is worth $50,000, but I pay $90,000 for it. And people are going to go, you're an idiot. You just paid 90000 for a car. But if I drive it for four or five years and it's good to me, I'll be like, well, what do you mean? I, yeah, sure, I paid 90000 but it's a good car. It's like, well, no, you still bought a $50,000 car for $90,000. Like, my analogy doesn't change is, the fact you paid bad value. My analogy was similar. It was just like, if you're the guy that really, really wants a pizza and the guy who sells the pizza knows how badly you want it, but he can only sell it to you and says that that pizza now costs $2,000, are you going to buy it? just because you want one and because it's there for two grand. I, I don't think you do. I think you can wait. What if this and, is the, what if Connor McDavid said, I want Duncan Keith. Then you still now don't make a bad it? trade. You don't it's make a, a bad like trade. Connor, that doesn't matter. Connor, you, had to pay extra, you, had to, you had to pay extra to bring him in. Obviously you had to pay extra to bring him in. Connor, yeah. we're going to try and do this for you. I think that Duncan Keith is a great player with great intangibles, but we cannot make a deal that will hamper this team's ability to get better. Well, and, and again, it's the, it's these question marks that you just keep adding to the con to the, to the conversation well, we also, because of also all the things that he also, didn't wait we're for. Also, we're also assuming that these negotiations were as simple as you guys said they are. If they aren't, then you walk, if Stan Bowman said, listen, Ken, Monday is the last day that I will accept a trade for Duncan Keith. Then you walk away from it. That's the way it is, Rick. It just is because there's so many question marks many and the Daniel Nugent Bowman question of him. Man. The Daniel Nugent Bowman it's question of him was a fair question a quite, because yes. because of all the question marks old, that Ken left. Old man, it's an old man responding to a uh, a question that kind of poked him in the ribs a bit. That's the that's an old man's answer. It's I don't a know petulant why I'm child's about. answer. But like it's an that old, old man, man, we're going to do the exact same thing. But that when old man is in control of a f- half billion dollar organization. You. I agree with you. I I completely agree. But there's a whole lot of the old men in that in those positions through all the sports who have never actually tried to change their on camera personality or or whatever it is to become more of of well, today. And except I that we except, but I think we blow it up on a hell of well, a, except a, that a we expect. Now. We expect, and the general managers expect the players to respond in in kind, polite manners to the to the media members themselves. Well, I also I like, the thing that, that bothers before. me too is when Ken Holland just he reverts back to Detroit in a time oh. you can't compare eras. He's like, "Well, in 1999, I traded for 37 year old Chris Chelios, and that worked out okay, great." Chelios had Norris votes the year. Chris before. Chelios had Norris votes that year. Duncan Keith hasn't had Norris votes in about four or five years now at this point. I agree. There was no salary cap in 1999. So go ahead and take all the bets on expensive vets you want. It does not fucking matter when your owner says, spend whatever. Let's win. We're the Yankees, essentially. 
I agree with you a thousand percent. He should not be doing that. But at the same time, under the same rule, therefore, should people not be able to use the negatives on him from back then? The people. The reason I think people are going to use the negatives on him from back but then it doesn't is that have he to be keeps one or the other. bringing it up over and over again. It's like, it are you the GM was, of the Edmonton Oilers or are you the GM of the fucking Detroit Red Wings? It was, it was brought up well before he ever had anything to say. Like, as soon as the rumors were out there that he was coming here, or even, like, the day it was, like, tweeted out before he could have a press or all that stuff came out. But I'm just curious when it comes to that. I understand it. I honestly don't believe he should be pumping his tires over that time either. But if you can't bring up that, then should you, in that same argument, not be able to bring up his, that stuff as a negative? Like, to me, that's just the way it has to, it has to be one or the other. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't really know. That's just in my own in my own head. I have no idea. I just... I agree. He should not be able to be fucking bringing up his uh, cap yeah. n- uh, cap free era stuff. I agree. Well, it's just, it doesn't make sense to me that, that you're comparing, first of all, 37 year old Chelios, 38 year old Keith, they're two different people. So like, I don't even know. The only thing that's in common with them is their age. And again, I, so to answer the high question, pedigree, but yeah, sure. The high pedigree and all that mm-hmm. fine, but like, it's still two different eras, two different players. The only yep. thing that's in common is the age. To answer your question, though, if he's going to keep bringing up the success from 25 years ago in Detroit. That's fair. People are are going to keep bringing up how he fucked up so many contracts before he left. Well, and he's not. I mean, the the other part of that is he's not answering the questions. Like Like it's not it's not just to say that, yeah, he keeps piping up about his his previous experience. He's asked fair questions that. Yeah, maybe they're a little bit tough to have to answer, but like us sitting here asking the question, why didn't you wait until after questions. the expansion draft? What GM oh, does answer these Yarmo questions? Yarmo Kikalainen. Well. Kikalainen. So a lot of his this exact same. So and the exact he didn't exact he didn't acquire Duncan Keith at this time. No, so we didn't ask him that exact same question. But like, like I don't know, like, like it's just, Fuck, it's just that's a that's a Rick's reaction to that. We can go to, we can go to a, we can go to the to the ends of the earth on that one. But it, it's just, it's it, like to come back to a question you asked earlier, Rick. You know what happens if the Edmonton Oilers make it to the Stanley Cup Finals with Duncan Keith in the roster? Well, what happens if the Edmonton Oilers were able to make it to the Stanley Cup Finals and win the Stanley Cup Finals because they had Chicago retain half of the salary and they signed the Gabriel Landis Cog to play with this team? Like, it, like we could go hypothetical until the what end if, of time. What if, the reality what if. is, the reality it's is, not the transaction bringing in Duncan Keith changes their entire summer. They what can't bring the in the wingers. Taco dead? Exactly. It's a great question. We, we should, we should do that. We can bring back Coombs hypotheticals, but, but for me, the, the, the real hard tangible truths about this deal is it happened too fast. And therefore we have Duncan Keith at a full cap hit that causes a bunch of issues for the summer that was supposed to be the summer of Ken Holland and the Edmonton Oilers. And now it's all over because we're spending nope, $2 million it's, no, no, too much. But the conversation has changed now. Unfortunately, it has. <laughs> no, it hasn't. Yes, no, it has. Because it we were talking about... There's the opportunity cost. He's had a plan to go out and do player. things. We were talking... He's had a plan to go out and do things. There's also been talks about Cassian being able to be traded. There's talks... Like, there's... This is, summer is not over right now. And because he spent $2 million too much, maybe two and a half too much on this player per year... Maybe that's what it is. It, the summer's not over. Doesn't mean we're going to suck for the, for the end of time. Like everyone's making this out to be like, oh my God, right? The su- we're all, I saw someone say we're not going to make the playoffs next year. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, this I, is ridiculous. The, thing, I took the, the that problem bet. I have is, is like the opportunity cost of that 2 million bucks is a middle six winger at this point. You know, that could be a quality middle six winger. 
that this team needs. So it, it does matter. In, hind- but- in hindsight, it may matter. Yes. But going in, there's still other but ways to save money. But that's why you don't make the transaction. Cause hindsight doesn't then the player is gone. And all of a sudden you don't have him. You still have a hole of that spot. But I uh, think like, you don't get the player that you don't get the player you want there. You don't get the player that you superstar wants there. You don't get some of the intangibles that I agree you're with you. assuming that David wanted him there. Like I know there are certain yeah, media than- members who are really walking it around there, but the, the idea of Connor McDavid being like, yeah, I'd like Duncan Keith. That's one possible way this went. The idea that Connor McDavid sat down Ken Holland and was like, if you don't get Duncan Keith, I'm going to be fucking pissed. Of like, course, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. Don't, shit. I, exactly. I'm not saying that at all. But they said, okay, Duncan Keith. Yeah, we really like Duncan Okay, go get Duncan Keith. Okay, we'll go get Duncan Keith. I just think that for me, I would not pay the same price for a vehicle from Sherwood Ford that was 15 years old as one that I would buy today. They'd never charge you that anyways. And that's kind of what happened with just the payment. I'm talking simply about the cap hit. That's what we're talking about. And that's fair. And that's fair. I agree with you there. I do believe, like I said at the very beginning, I do believe it's, it's an overpayment to get to him. I just don't think it's as bad as everyone else says it out to be. I think he's going to be a much better player than what people, most people uh, make it sound out to be. And yeah, I just think if we want to really shit on this guy, then we look do it in hindsight because I guarantee you this is not a one-off transaction. He has a plan and everything fits under it. Well, I think, uh, yes. Well, and the thing is too, like no matter what you say about the trade or complain about it or whatever you want to do, Duncan Keys is an oiler now. He is an Edmonton yep. oiler and will be in October when we suit up for a new season. So, And we're a better team on paper right now than we were this time last week. Well, you, if you want to look at the positive side of it too, like the Oilers did get the better player in the trade, um, albeit not mm-hmm. analytically, but you know that is something. We've to, seen many. We've seen many players who we thought you know were in the in the same trajectory as as Jones, and it hasn't worked out. We've seen them have, so it's still it's still a toss up. Well, and there's talk. I, that I really, Jones I really like the want to be here. There's talk that Jones didn't want to be here at all, and we may have lost him to well, Seattle expansion. So there's all those. Yeah, exactly. Another. Do you want to know what the honestly the the worst part about this Duncan Keith trade is for me? I'm thinking about selfishly now. Now I just like that trade. In my opinion, was bad. Again, I don't. Duncan Keith is fine. I'm like I'm happy to have him, but I think the trade was bad. Um, now it just makes me so fucking nervous about what's to come. Be it with UFA signings or other trades, but we're going to get to that in a minute. But first we need to talk about our friends at Bixler's Jewelers. Yes. You want our some friends... licensed jewelry, Dan? Yeah. Our friends it's at the Bixler's have you covered. It is. It's, uh, it's the world's, or sorry, America's first jeweler. That's Bixler's Jeweler. They were established in 1785. If you were listening last week, you knew that little tidbit. But what you didn't know is uh, Bixler's actually sent me uh, the report as to who's been using the code so far and leaf fans are lapping the oiler fans in using the code bixler's nation 10 it's the only is... rings they'll ever get right dan oh! yes <laughs> yes there we go nice uh but yeah so if you head over to bixlers.com and uh and check out any of that licensed uh hockey jewelry and use the promo code Bixler's Nation 10 you will receive 10% off your order and I can tell you many hockey fans have already used that so uh, that runs until the end of this month till the end of July hashtag Bixler's Nation 10 
as your promo code. You don't need the hashtag in there for the promo code, but that's the uh, that's the promo code, and you'll get 10% off your jewelry. If you're uh, looking to buy some gifts early for Christmas or whatever else you'd like to celebrate, Bixler's Jewelry is got you covered. And that's at underscore or at Bixler's underscore jewelers on Instagram as well. All right. Before, right before the break, we just did a little, I talked about how the Duncan Keats trade is kind of creating some, some tension amongst Oilers fans. I'm calling it the summer of rage. And it started with Devin Shore. People got mad. Then the roller coaster came back down. Nugent Hopkins signed. Most people happy. Duncan Keats signed. People mad again. Now I want to talk about Zach Hyman. Daniel Nugent Bowman from The Athletic wrote a piece saying, and I quote, a second industry source believes the Oilers are willing to offer Hyman the average salary of $5.8 million on a long-term deal, maybe more, perhaps as long as seven years. Now, that is a spicy meatball for Oilers fans. Personally, I don't get it. Career high, 21 goals career high 41 points weren't there people in this fan base saying ryan nugent hopkins wasn't a five million dollar player yet his career totals dwarf those of zach hyman let's talk about zach Hyman. the oilers are apparently basically every insider on earth is reporting that the oilers are going to be in the mix on this player obviously nothing is set in stone yet but we like to speculate let's look at let's talk zach hyman Tyler, this is a player, obviously, the Oilers have been tied to for some time now as a potential top six winger. Since during the season. Hit us up. I heard you talking about it with Low Tide yesterday. Yeah. Um, you mentioned insiders connecting these names. Like, I remember back when we had Dreger and LeBrun on the DFO rundown back before the trade deadline yet. And at that point, Dreger made a comment about how Ken Holland's eyeing up Zach Hyman. The, Zach Hyman is a guy that, an old school hockey mind would fall in love with. So it makes sense why we're hearing, you know, six by six and 5.8 by seven connected to, to, to Zach Hyman's name in the Edmonton Oilers. I can see why Ken Holland loves this guy. Uh, production wise, he's been good. 33 points in 43 games this year. That's excellent production. That would be what 60 mm-hmm. ish point pace in a, in a regular season. Oh, uh, yeah. You go back to last season, he had 37 points in 51 games again, 60-ish point pace in, in that season as well. Year before that, 40 points in 70, in 70 games. Year before that, 40 points in 80 games. Year before that, 28 points in 82 games. Okay, so now we're starting to see that in the last couple of years is when he's really started to take a step forward. Now, granted, that has come because he's played with some talent. He's playing with yep. Austin Matthews most of the time. He knows how to play with skill. He's gritty. He gets into the corners. He isn't afraid to mix it up physically. He's good at both ends of the ice. There's a lot of reasons to really, really like like Zach Hyman. But there were a lot of reasons to like Milan Lucic. There were a lot of reasons (laughs) to like David Clarkson. There were a lot of reasons to like Dave Boland. And the list goes on. There's a lot of reasons to like Andrew Ladd. Kyle Ocposo. And on and on and on. When teams learn that when a guy has a career year, you do not go give them huge money on huge term. And... I think Zach Hyman can be a really productive player for the next two or three seasons. He's 29. Do I think Zach Hyman and his body are going to hold up for four, five, six, seven years? I don't. I think the last few years of that deal, he is going to be nothing but a bottom six player. I would be extremely hesitant to give him more than $5 million on a six-year deal. I'd be, I wouldn't give him 
the Nuge deal is the outer, outer marker. 5.1 over seven years is the absolute max I would give this guy. That's not going to get you, Zach Hyman. Some team's going to outbid you. And I am quite worried Ken Holland's going to be the one doing the outbidding. I, uh, I'll jump in here. I'm with you, Zach. I'm, or Zach. I'm worried. I'm with Tyler. I'm, I'm worried that Zach Hyman will be our next flavor of Milan Lucic, not in year one or two, but down the line. Because also one thing worth noting is he hasn't played a full season in three years. Obviously, you know, there's part of it, pandemic, blah, blah, blah. This is a short one, but he's still missing time with knee issues. And for a guy who's turning 30 in June of next year, that's a concern. That's a concern because free agency hasn't really been kind to the Edmonton Oilers when they've made big bets on people. The one I could think of that probably did work out, unfortunately injuries kind of derailed it a little bit was sexy Reg. I think that that was probably a pretty solid pickup for the Oilers. Unfortunately got banged up a little bit, then bought out Mark Fain. Bad news. Milan Lucic, bad news. Benoit Pouliot, bad news. Eric Belanger, bad news. So overpaying even for depth players, and I'm not saying Hyman is a depth player. I think he's, he can play. That's scary, man. That's scary. And then would you have to pay the Edmonton tax, which always seems to be? It's outside of Barry last year, of course. I, I just, man, this makes me nervous. This makes me nervous that they're going to pay him more than Nuge for a player that doesn't produce as much just because intangible X. He works in the corners. Okay, great. Is there money you could spend elsewhere? Is would it make more sense to try and get Jake DeBrusque out of Boston? He's cheaper and younger. You have to trade for him, mind you. Would that make more sense, especially if they're they're trying to finalize Taylor Hall on a new deal? Would it make more sense to go spend a little bit more on Gabriel Landeskog if you're worried about a guy who can muck it up in the corners and play physical? I don't know. I don't know, but this one makes me nervous, Rick. I'm not horribly nervous. Uh, I don't think he's shown anything uh, as an oiler in terms of signing um, bad UFA contracts. I think we've gone into a couple names over the cap- couple of years and go, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. And he actually didn't, he wasn't the one who made the bad contract. <clears throat> so using that as a, as a marker, I'm not, I don't think he's going to um, overvalue this guy and overpay him. I, we, he hasn't done it so far this uh, as an oiler, so I just don't see Ooh, why. Um, yeah, in terms of UFAs, like I get Cassian. it. Okay, but that was a player. Loyalty zone and, has always before, been his issue. It was before COVID. Yeah. It was before COVID and okay. his own player and whatnot. But in terms of like going into the last couple of years, there's been players that have been like, okay, we're worried he's going to sign this guy, and we didn't. Right, Markstrom. We didn't know what Markstrom's contract is going to be, but obviously we didn't go as high as um, everybody else went. Um, so that's where I'm saying, I don't think he's, I'm not overly worried about it. I am a little bit just in, in case he gets a little bit squirrely and misses out on Landeskog and, you know, just gets, you know, gets a little backup, uh, gets his backup against. Um, but I, I, I'm key. I'm staying, I'm, and I know I do this all the time, but I'm staying positive. He hasn't proven anything like that. I think he's going to go after Landeskog and if he can't get in there, he'll start looking at, uh, at, at a little more value contracts. And I think that at the end of the day, we'll get um, outbid for Hyman anyways. I think someone else will come in higher. And I just don't think Holland's willing to spend over a certain amount. Dan? 
Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with Rick on that, and in, in the sense that uh, I do feel like he's gotten some good value in, in UFA when he, with the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Tyler Ennis was a really good value bet uh, for him. Even the one that failed in Kyle Turris wasn't really that big of a deal that that it sunk us or anything. Um, but yeah, it's it, I don't know. It like it's just that natural dread that creeps in. I think in the Edmonton Oilers fan base a little bit where. There That's is fair. just a yeah. There's just a there's just a thought that you know when you hear Edmonton is the top bidder for Zach Hyman and the numbers in that six million dollar range, that is just a horrible signal to send to a guy like Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who you just ground down in negotiations allegedly, and uh, you know then you go around and you turn around turn around and sign a guy that just doesn't have the same resume as you to a bigger deal. It's just I don't know. It 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 is troubling. I I really hope that it comes out that we're also a front runner for Gabriel Landeskog and a front runner for Dougie Hamilton because we're talking to all these guys and, and that's good by me, but, but yeah, it's, it, I think it's just nature by the fact that the Toronto Maple Leafs opened up the negotiation rights to Zach Hyman. I think that, that obviously you're going to come into him and say, Hey, we're willing to talk to you kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm I don't hopeful. think we have the, I don't think we could even make that trade anyways. If somebody went, if somebody trades for his rights, I don't think we could make the best offer. I wouldn't Obviously, even bother trading and, for his rights. Like if you think you can get him, you wait. Yeah, that's I, fair. I, but I, you know, I wouldn't be horribly surprised to see some, especially when they said they they opened it up. At that point, I was like, well, mm-hmm. I think someone if someone does come in, there's no chance we can overpay because our second and third are gone. And that, this situation to me with the Leafs opening up his negotiation rights just seems like they're doing a favor to a player. Like it's, it's not like the, it's not like the, uh, the Dougie Hamilton situation where it's like, you know, you feel like Carolina is still competitive in that, in that conversation. And they just kind of wanted to show, have Dougie show himself, you know, what the, what the market. I think and, Toronto, I think Hyman will probably give Toronto the last opportunity to try and match or, or anything. Any, anyway, we know. So, I mean, the, the speculated numbers that Hyman has turned down in Toronto. Is there any been, has that come out at all? There was a rumor that he turned down 40 million or around 40, 42 million on an eight year deal. So that would be, fuck, what's the quick math on that? 42 divided by eight, 5.25. Um, so that, that was a rumor at least, you know, would he, is he looking then for 40 million over seven years with another team? That would be around 5.7 or $5.8 million on a seven year deal. So that would make sense. But I would imagine that, yeah, he, uh, he would probably go back and give the Leafs the last crack at it, given the fact he's a Toronto boy. And I don't see Holland given that type, that type of term. Yeah, but here's the I thing. Do. Like Holland has, I think taken, they, I, Holland they know hasn't his taken body can break down. I know, but yeah. Holland hasn't taken a swing like that yet as Oilers mm-hmm. GM. And I wonder if this offseason is is the moment where he's feeling some pressure to take that swing, right? He has to be. Like, yeah, I, I think yeah. he absolutely has to be. And uh, it, it, scares, it scares the hell out of me because, again, his body potentially breaking down, him eventually just kind of natural career decline, becoming a bottom six winger. I, don't, I can't see him, if you sign him for seven years, playing out years five, six, and seven of that deal as a top six winger. And that's why you have to be careful. Like, Thomas yeah. Tatar is not as good of a player as Hyman, in my opinion. I know the numbers may suggest otherwise, but if you can get Tatar for three years at four and a half million dollars, even which would be an overpay in my opinion, but even I would take that over going seven years with pretty much anyone but Landeskog on the open market. So yep. Herm is what's going to kill you, and that's what I think Holland has to be really careful of with Hyman. And I think he's been pretty. I think he's been really good with it so far with UFAs. 
um, which I'm going to keep riding that train then and go, you know what, I'm not overly worried because I think somebody will outterm us. And I think the the big thing for me, sorry, Bag Milk, is just I'm what I'm scared about with the term thing and what Tyler's talking about now is we're talking about the end of Connor McDavid's deal now. You know, yep. these are contracts that are stretching out through that, and yep. that's the that's where my sheer terror comes in. And it's not to say that I I'm not hopeful that Ken Holland can do it, but I'm scared that Ken Holland is going to handcuff us into a deal like that where you know we could be talking about Zach Hyman as an Edmonton Oiler and. I don't even want to put it out in the universe. There's four years left on Leon Dreisaitl's deal, and there's five left on Connor. So I think that's fair. You know, right around right around the end of when he's going to start going down is when the cap's going to go up too. So even if you hopefully, even if a team does, I th- yeah, I think it, I think it will. Uh, even if a team does, I think they'll try and sell it as you know in years five, six, and seven. It won't be as bad because it won't be as, as such a, a high percentage of of the cap. However, I still don't think Holland pulls the trigger on that. How how could he possibly how could he possibly give a bigger contract than what he gave Nuge? I don't I just don't know how he could justify yeah. that. Well, and how I, could you gr- and like Dan, you brought it up earlier, Dan, where the reports were for months Holland was grinding down career Oiler Ryan Nugent Hopkins, fan favorite, generally productive player outside of last season. I, again, I'm, I'm with it, but like, and then give somebody who's less productive more money in free agents. I don't know, but you, we've all brought up his name. This morning, TSN's Ryan Rashog tweeted, Landeskog has to be a consideration for the Oilers. Checks a lot of boxes from style of play to leadership to playoff performer. Wonder if they could do north of $7 million for him over six or seven years. Would take some juggling. He'd get either 97 or 29 as a center, which would obviously be enticing. Now, let's look at Gabriel Landeskog. 52 points in 54 games with Colorado this year. 13 points in 14 games in the playoffs. Frankly, we've talked about Landeskog before, specifically when it was the Nugent Hopkins negotiations. I'm surprised that this is this is even a conversation that we're that we're having. Really. I, I I have a feeling Colorado's just gonna at some point here buck up the money. And I think it's also one of those things where sometimes if you let a player go out and if they tell Landeskog, hey man, go go see what offers are out there on day one of free agency and just know you have our eight by eight offer on the table here. It's a risk for Colorado, but Landeskog might go out and around and be like, oh, no team's willing to give me more than eight on a $8 million on a seven-year deal. Back to Colorado, I go. I, I have a funny feeling he ends up in Colorado. Joe Sackick, I just I think he's too smart to let this guy walk. And it's, I mean, there's his captain. You know, he was drafted second overall behind Nuge and Hopkins. I mean, it would be fun, though, for the others, wouldn't it? They'd have Nuge one, oh, Landeskog a- two, Larson maybe <laughs> four. Hey, let's just collect the whole draft. Why not? That just, to me, he'd be such me, a Landeskog, dream fit. Absolutely, Landeskog would be the guy that just imagine him beside Connor. That's that's that would get me excited about a new season. Again, we're just it would also it would also mean it would also mean a bad contract would have to leave. Yeah, you would definitely be talking right. Like be, it, would, it would be it would be double positive there. In order for it to go, there need to be some sort of money. We'd probably lose a pretty good um, uh, draft pick or something coming up or even like a prospect, but one of our bad contracts would leave. The Neil buyout would have to happen for sure. The rumored, uh, we're going to talk about it in a minute, Koskinen trade that Gregor said is possible would have to go through. Like they would definitely need to shake some money out for sure to get Gabriel Landeskog. But like to me, if he's willing, if he's interested, do it and then make it work. He's the only free agent 
this is including Taylor Hall that I'd be willing to go seven seven years with. I think Linus Gogg's the only one. Yep. I would love it. I don't think it's realistic. I I'm with Tyler. I think he ends up back in Colorado. I just, I can't imagine they let their captain walk away for nothing in free agency. Um, especially with how good that team is and starting to come together and all the pieces they have, it'd be very surprising to me, but man, would he be a great weather? Yeah. By the way, why does he, why is he Swedish and speaks better English than me? I don't understand it. It's very confusing since the day he was drafted. Landis Cobb, very confusing to me. Basically, didn't he grow up in Kitchener? He's like Drysett, right? Yeah. Like Drysett has got good English because he's been living in Canada since he was like 15. Another rumor that has come up. This one's from the 31 Thoughts, maybe 32 Thoughts podcast. Are they going to have to change that? I don't know how that works. Elliot Friedman was just speculating. By no means is this uh, anything other than speculation, but he kind of implied that Mike Smith is looking for two years on an extension with the Oilers, whereas the Oilers only want to do one. I can't, boys, I don't want to be negative here, but like I can't imagine any scenario where you give Mike Smith a two-year contract, right? You you just can't, man. Like I agree. I like last year, he was the you know, he was work everything we needed. And I, and we were kind of all, I think all of us, unless maybe Rick was more positive about Smith coming back. But like I was dead wrong was, about Smith last year. Me too. And I was worried. At some point, like at some point he's going to fall off. You know, like he is not Tom Brady. I, he's not going to be good till he's 41. And I just don't know why you can keep making that jump. Tyler, yeah. you're telling me you've never put a thousand bones down on double zeros to come up with the roulette table and it came up and you didn't just then put it back on double zeros. Well, right. Come like on. that's kind of what it is. Like you're, you're at the casino, you're playing with house money cause you're coming off such a good year and everyone feels good. And then it's just like, Ooh, let's, how easy let's not ruin that with a two year deal. How, how easy is it to get out of year two? Don't sign uh, the question. Can we just not even have that just, conversation. Yeah, like, just don't it sign the contract. That. That's Otherwise, the easiest way. If, if this is what the, the route that Holland's taking, it's like, again, this is just pure speculation. Obviously nothing's happened, but like if he's signing extended contracts to people that don't deserve them in terms of age or, you know, in Hyman's case, like just these worrisome UFA, blah, blah, blah. Is this just signing deals as the next GM's problem? Is that's what it looks like to me? I just don't see how you can sign Mike Smith to two years and feel good about it. To answer your question, one of the second years at one point, the next, the second year is at, at um, uh, whatever, when you put him down in the AHL and it's off the cap and it just, you know what made him happy. He signed here. You're good. You got that. You got that sealed up. You go out and find your number one. Go find another guy that wants to sign for a year. Then nobody in the NHL is giving Mike Smith to somebody else though. Nobody in the NHL. You're most likely right. You're most likely right, but you, you'd never be surprised. I would be. Very he's going to go to UFA. If he go, goes to UFA, you never, you never know. By all means, go to UFA, Mike Smith. It's but, exactly. Are we seriously going to get all that bummed out if you're if you're yes. to make yes. him feel better about himself? No, that you're going to bring him in, and the second year contract is completely able the, to get rid. What of What other it. team the, is going to give him a second year? There's no way. No the way. New, what about, the New England Patriots? What about loyalty? For six, I don't give a fuck. I'm building a good team. The last time the New England Patriots Oof. won a Super Bowl, they signed a tight end every game day, and then oh, they the cut him the day afterwards. And then they'd sign him, and then they'd cut him. And he was in limbo every single time. Sports is a business. And and so the NFL this feel-good nonsense. Non-guaranteed contract. That is yeah, but not this, good to exactly. do that, so you're it would okay be a different, doing that sure. to a person? Let's give you're Mike okay Smith a 14-year contract if it's not guaranteed. Oh, oh, God, I, I, here I we would go. Be, but, at a guy with a 40 years old. 
Yes, you're I okay am. with what the with that. with what the Patriots did. Why, if if Mike okay Smith wants two years, then then you're okay sign a no, one year contract. You're okay with doing what we're, the Patriots this, did. This sure. isn't the NHL contract. You're okay doing that to a human. But what being. I'm trying to what the reason oh, I was God. bringing up that analogy Rick, yes, is to try and show you <laughs> that if if it helps them be wow. successful, then so be it. It is what it is. It's in the rules and in the contract there. If Mike Smith thinks that he's a good enough oiler goaltender for two years, sign a one-year deal and then sign your one-year deal next year if you've made it worth Again, it. Again, I'm not but, I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying if it's the second year, is he is he able to get rid of it? Then walk away. Then I don't think it's that big. But if you're looking at a contract as the best part of the second half of it is that you can get rid of a guy, then there's probably not a good contract. It's just to signing. keep a guy who's been around for a couple of years happy. You're doing something nice for a person who's been in your team for a while. Is but that being nice doesn't thing? mean shit in the it's, standings, though. Yeah. But it's not just not changing the standings at all because it's a player you actually want sure right it now. Sure, could. And the contract can go away tomorrow. Five years from now, Connor McDavid, you know, I'm sorry. Like, we haven't oh been able to compete for a cup for Keep- the last... Until the, the until the last two years, is incredible. but the reason the but reason is we were, nice we, we were making sure that Mike Smith felt good. Holy, exaggerate some more. This is like it's not an exaggeration, right Rick. It can't be an exaggeration. Is an example? Yes, it is. But the, we're in year six of Connor McDavid's career now, and we haven't done. I understand this. We, I listen, how many more guys we got to be how, nice to? But, what? When does the Edmonton Oilers having no. to be nice trip stop? <laughs> if if. Honestly, if Mike Smith wants two years at two and a half to three million dollars per, you say, Mike, we had a great run. You did some great things for us. We're going to sign two younger guys for that term and money. See ya. Like you just you can't Rick. Fair, it's not, I get what, it. You want to be loyal. I you want to keep the band together. You want to have everyone you like on the team. But like you need to think about I like what would make said the- that if you can get rid of the second year, if you can make the second year go away so it doesn't hurt you. But who's and you just made that? a player happy. Pardon me. Well, then put it, put, to... Even if it's like 1.125 or whatever it is to put him in the minors. Oh, God, I just can't. I, I, can just list, I can go down the list here, and there's like 15 guys that I would rather have for two years. So, I, okay, but so like just following your hypothetical, Rick, like a two-year deal for me for Mike Smith that would make sense would be his salary in year one is, we can even say three mil. And if his salary in year two is league minimum, but I don't even know if you can work it like that because of how the CBA is. But if you could, and it's 3.75 over two years, that's a cap hit of 1.87. So you could bury him the second year for 600K. Okay. If, if it's all I'm saying him, is that it, also, it, it, it's, 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 to make, it's, it's a feel-good player that's been around, that had that done some good for your team already. It's good for the locker room. The players like him. There go is, feel, he can go feel good no with his, real, he can go feel good with his $47 million in career earnings. Yeah, that's it. Hire him as your goalie coach. Like, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I just, it's this, this, like, Rick, I'm all with you. What the bat is. I'm with you on the Duncan the Keith stuff. Also, his last, don't see what the bat is. His last contract you, had you, a no, no movement clause, so he couldn't even bury him in the minors. No, that's fair. I get, I completely <laughs> get it. That's his last one. But it's the only way I'm doing this is if somehow you can get out of that second year in case things don't go well. But the point is, is that there's goalies out there that are way better gamble than, than you're gambling on Mike Smith. So, you're, you, don't even want it, so you don't even want him for one year then? I would I would. Oh, he's coming back for one year. But sure. I think he's coming back. That's where oh, I'm... I think he's coming back okay. for one year. Okay, then that, 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 uh, I don't see why everyone's getting so mad at that. That's the goodwill he, he earned. He, yeah, one you, year. he earned one more year. Okay, but the second year can just be swept under the carpet anyways but it's, it's hard necessary. to make a contract so that you. way and i agree necessary. with you and i agree with you but if you can do it that's the only what i'm saying but then everyone's like no you don't do that for a good player 
for you know just to do it. To I, show, I think you don't do that for good a faith. forty-year-old player. You don't. Gamble. But even with, but to me the back the, to, the, to me the, there is no negative to this. You, yes, you're taking them for one year. You're you're you were okay with them for one year, and in year two, it could be swept under the carpet. But it, but if he has a bad year this year at one year, then he's not our problem anymore. If he has a bad year this year and he's still our problem next year, but it's he gets swept under the carpet. It's not an issue at all. But so does it if he's if he leaves if we lose him to free agency, quote. Never mind, you don't understand. It's all good. I do Let's understand. I do understand. But it's just it's like it's one of those it's th- these little transactions, these minutia transactions that sink the ship, and that's what we've that's what we talk about. We look about it. Ba- we look back on it. You know, the Kyle Turris transaction on its own, not that bad, and it isn't that bad. But when you compile that, now we got to get rid of that issues, second year, actually. <laughs> right, but that's but that's exactly it, and it's like <laughs> those little those little those little stakes, quote unquote, that you make, they add up, and it's just not necessary for us to think about it next year and be sitting here like, well, we can sign this player. Oh yeah, but we also have this and this and this and this as an issue because we signed loyalty contract. I said one. I don't know where the four list is came from. <laughs> well, okay. but I mean, there's other there's other contracts that are in there that you can say are loyalty contracts. The Chris Russell contract, the Zach Cassian contract. Those are all issues that we have that are again on their own, not that big of a deal. But when you compile them all together, they all They're become an Edmonton Oilers issue. Uh, for 90 years and four generations, Cornerstone Insurance has been a family and employee-owned business here in Edmonton with all the insurance products you could need, be it auto, residential, commercial, life insurance, whatever you need. Cornerstone Insurance is here for you. Go to cornerstoneins.ca on the left-hand side of the screen. You'll see Citizens of the Nation. Click that there little button and you'll get yourself a discount. Support local. Get yourself insured. Make sure that everything you have is properly covered. Cornerstone Insurance at cornerstoneins.ca. This morning, I tweeted something out, and I want to get your guys' take on it because I was actually a little bit surprised by how many answers came in. So I just said, which rumor slash potential move surrounding the Oilers right now makes you the most nervous? And we've covered it at length already, but Zach Hyman is easily the thing that makes people the most nervous right now. Uh, Both term money, you name it. That's the one that makes people the most nervous Um, over paying in free agency just in general is out there um you gotta be careful tyler said it earlier which one if you're if you're thinking of something right now the most one where you're just going god i don't know i don't like that is there one that sticks out to anybody uh for me it's in. A- any potential trade going forward that's he is the trade with duncan keith worries wow. me for the next one yeah, like we're we're all agree with you, a little Dan. Like I th- I think there is ways to get good value deals done, but the the points where you usually win trades are when you're moving second and third round picks, right? Like look at what L.A. was able to do with Victor Arvidsson, right? You move a second, you move a third, bang, cost controlled, young scoring winger scores thirty goals. You have him under contract for three years. L.A. pulls off a beautiful trade. Because second and third round picks, I always feel like have a bit more perceived value than what they can usually get you. And the Arvidsson deal is a great example. But you're at the point now where, again, the second round pick and third round pick for next season are locked. You don't have a second this year. You don't have a third this year. Um, You also don't have a fourth next season because you traded it for Kulikov. So we're sitting there now with, aside from first round picks, you have one pick between the second, third, and fourth rounds of the next two drafts. So Holland doesn't have those easy trade chips to throw in, in a, in a deal with a rebuilding team. Right. So now you got to check down. 
Is he willing to trade Lavoie? Is he willing to trade Sam Samurakov? Is he willing to trade Broberg or a first rounder? Like any deal Ken Holland makes has to kind of be a substantial trade where you're giving up an A plus asset because he doesn't have very many B assets left in his pool, right? So that's what concerns me about a trade is like, if you're acquiring Jake DeBrusque, it is not going to be for a second round pick and a lower asset because you don't have the second round pick. If you go for Ricard Raquel, it's going to be a first round pick and another prospect because you don't have a second round and a third rounder to do what uh, Nashville and LA were able to work out. So that's what concerns me with the trade route. But what I will say is you're getting a better player if you go the trade route. Ricard Raquel is just as good, if not better, than anyone save Landeskog on the free agent market. Maybe Taylor Hall's in his conversation as well. Uh, Jake DeBrusque, you're not getting that that young option and that upside on the free agent market. He's very young, can grow with your core, cost-controlled, team-controlled, all that. Reinhardt's the same boat. If you're going to go for one of those guys, giddy up, because it's going to cost you a first-round pick, and it's going to cost you a prospect. So if he goes the trade route, he's swinging for the fences. And it's exciting because you get the upside, but you got to give a lot to get a lot. Rick, is there anything that makes you nervous? Uh, the only one out there, and I, I get why um, all the all the arrows point to us together, is the Hyman thing. I get it. Um, he's obviously plays a position that we're, we're looking for. It's a spot we need to fill right now. Um, a plus B, like it, it should probably work. And I know I don't think Holland's going to do it, but there is that factor that, you know what, maybe he is a little bit, um, a little more uh, uh, feeling the necessity to make a move and does swing at this. Uh, and so that's the only one that really scares me. I think that one, that's going to be the worst contract of this UFA season. And for me, what makes me most nervous is just signing major pieces in free agency, period. Be it Landeskog or Hyman, it's not going to be cheap. And is there a major is there a major a major signing outside of them do you think they're kind of on their own level and everybody else is a little bit less like i think if if taylor hall i, I really think taylor hall is going to stay in boston but i think if he mm-hmm. went to free agency and he's just like i just want to see what's out there again check my options i think he would be in the mix too i'd be comfortable with signing taylor hall also but i love that. I, I think that whoever the if the oilers are gonna if if their route they take to solve the second left winger problem. If the route they take is free agency, that fucking scares me because that's just an opportunity for another Milan Lucic type situation where you just have to pay a lot in both money and term to get a guy who may work for a year or two, but maybe not beyond that. So I would rather, to be honest, trade a first and a prospect to get a younger guy that's cost controlled that can grow with the group. If it's a Ricard Raquel, I would way rather take that route than try and sign Zach Hyman and hope that 30 year old Zach Hyman can be Zach Hyman when he's 35, yeah. you know, that's what the, makes me nervous. The one name, and I'm, I'm kind of bringing this up at an over, but while we're talking about hypothetical moves, I am just really surprised. We haven't heard the Oilers connected to Darcy Kemper a little bit more. Me too. Um, Frank Saravalli wrote an article at daily face off saying that the Leafs and avalanche are the two teams that have interest in Kemper the Leafs you almost have to take out of this conversation right away because if they acquire Kemper before the expansion draft, they have to expose either him or Campbell and one of them will get taken. If Arizona wants to lose Kemper for nothing, all the power to them, but they clearly want to protect Aiden Hill, who's 25 years old and their goalie of the future. Kemper's got one year left. He told Arizona he's not signing. If Arizona doesn't want to lose this guy for free, they have to move him before the expansion draft. But the thing is, 
most of the teams acquiring Darcy Kemper want him to be their 1B option. Only Edmonton and Colorado could kind of get him and protect him, right? Edmonton could acquire him. Who cares if you leave Stuart Skinner unprotected? He's sliding down your depth chart a little bit anyways. It doesn't matter. I I can't believe we haven't heard more about this, and I wonder, as we creep closer to the deadline, if there'll be a chance for Ken Holland to call up whatever his name is in charge there in Arizona. I forget, Bill Armstrong or whatever. I wonder if there's a chance to call him up and just say, I know you wanted a first-round pick for Darcy Kemper. Maybe we can build out a bigger deal here, or maybe you're willing to give him up for cheaper because the last thing you want to do is lose this guy in expansion for nothing. And I don't know if there's a team out there that's a slam dunk to take Darcy Kemper before the expansion draft. Yeah, you know what? And this goes back to the Mike Smith conversation. I think Mike Smith's going to be back here on a one-year contract. If you got Smith and Kemper as your duo, I feel pretty good about that. I would. I think that's a really, really good duo. You got one guy in Mike Smith who you know can probably handle at least you know twenty-five to thirty games for you, and you have a guy in Kemper who, when healthy, usually has like pretty close to Vesna caliber numbers. So if you can get Kemper at four and a half million dollars, or like I said, maybe it's a bigger deal. Maybe you're. Maybe you are parting with your first-round pick in this trade, but it's like fuck. I, I hate throwing out hypotheticals because it's if it gets clipped and posted online, I'm gonna have people yelling at me. But like yell at Tyler all you want. I at yeah. Tyler your M check. But this always happened. I remember once someone like wrote a whole article about like an off the whim trade proposal I made, and they were God, this guy's <laughs> a fucking moron. He doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> he wants to give out this many assets for Taylor Hall, and it's like holy shit, people, calm down. It's like an off the cuff thing. But my like off the cuff proposal would be the first round pick, Raphael Lavoie, Koskinen at fifty percent for Kemper and Garland. You want to give up Raphael Lavoie? Fucking idiot. Arizona would never take, like, whatever it is. But you know what I'm saying? Like, can you massage a bigger deal that has salary going back? You're giving up your first and a prospect, but you're getting Kemper in another piece. Maybe it's Christian Dvorak is that other piece, or however you need to make it work. But I just, I keep looking at Edmonton and Arizona, and there's a fit here. And no Trina's oil. It's not Kemper or not Koskinen for Phil Kessel. People keep saying that's a rumor. (laughs) It's, It's not a rumor. But I, I just I, I wonder if there's something there between these two teams. Is there anything that would entice you to take Phil to Thrill Castle? Absolutely nothing would entice me to take Phil Castle. How dare like, you? Okay, so what, what did he do last year? I know he was playing on their like third and fourth line for a decent chunk of the season. He still scored 20 goals. So maybe I'm being a little bit too hard on him, but because <laughs> you are. Listen, that the gets dude you is thirty seven he's, years. He's thirty three and he's making six point eight mil next year. Hey, thirty three, that's young on this team, baby. Yeah, like he's in the Young Boys Club. Uh, he also has a he also has a no trade list. So knowing American-born Phil Kessel and how much he doesn't like the spotlight, I got a funky feeling all seven Canadian teams are on that no trade list. How he enjoyed his time in Toronto and yeah, everything like, that they talked about with him. Yeah. All right. Well, it's going to be interesting to see because again, it's Friday, July sixteenth. Expansion draft lists are in tomorrow. We're going to see just real quick before we get to hot and cold performers here. Is there, who do you think is going to be? So we, the top half of like the Oilers protected list and forwards are, you know, pretty set. Everybody knows who's going to be on it. Those bottom two spots are the interesting ones. Do you think there's a chance that Cassian, as an example, gets left exposed or is he just going to be protected by default? Holland signed the contract. It's a quote unquote Holland guy. Yeah, I, I think I think it's worth the, I think it's worth the risk to let him to to not protect him. I but would too. I think I uh, I think they probably value him more than Benson. Um, 
they probably value. Yeah. When it comes to the questionable guys in that, you know, who could be yeah, the um, fives, probably, the six, seven slot. Yeah. Yeah. He's probably leading that category. If not, you know, maybe we're at worst second. So I see them. Uh, I see them keeping them. Phrasing, pre- phrasing it differently. Them. I would be very surprised if Zach Cassian is left unprotected tomorrow. Dan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't see a scenario like it to me. It's for a guy like Ken Holland in the, uh, in, in an expansion draft and in, in a situation where, you know, people are going to look at that list and say, Oh, these are the guys that he exposed. I just don't see him as being a guy that's like, yeah, I'm willing to expose people that Seattle probably shouldn't take off of my roster. Instead, he's going to be looking at the loyalty list and we're probably going to lose a good young player because of it. Another yeah, thing that, sorry, go ahead, Tom. I was just going to say, I don't, I don't see much of a reason to protect Zach Cassian over Tyler Benson. I know Cassian right now is probably the better NHL player, but if you can get out from that long-term $3.2 million and yep. keep a guy with some upside, you yep. do it. I, I just think you got to do that. Yep. It's a, I don't think Zach Cassian is so irreplaceable that you couldn't bring in a player type similar to him for less yeah. money. I guess is my point. Uh, Another thing to mention, just I'm cruising through the old interwebs here as we're uh, getting ready for hot and cold performers. Apparently Ken Holland said on a Vancouver radio station that he's hoping to get another top six winger before free agency, which would imply a trade. Obviously that is a little speculation there. Who knows what that would look like, but maybe Boston does get this deal with Taylor Hall done. And that shakes a guy like Jake DeBrus loose so that they don't lose him for nothing. Although we'll see how that goes. Tyler, get your buttons ready. It is time for the hot and cold performers of the week brought to you by Deuce Vodka. If you head on over to deucevodka.com, there's a handy little button on the right-hand side of the screen that says find in store that can tell you all of the places here in Alberta where you can buy Deuce Vodka. I recommend that you pick it up, make yourself a cocktail, little Caesar Sunday. Maybe you want to have a neon nation bomb as our friend Brad Stepenko has. Well, I mean, he's done a lot of them over the summer. You know, somebody has to catch up with Brad Stepenko and it could be you, but you'll need some Deuce Vodka to make that happen. So deucevodka.com forward slash find us. Check out the store locator. It's time to wrap up the podcast with the last week of our lives. The Deuce Vodka cold performer of the week is coming up first. Nation Dan is on my screen first. You are up, my friend. Your Deuce Vodka cold performer of the week. Well, my Deuce Vodka cold performer of the week is the racists. And I know that's a very general oh. statement to make. I know it's, it's a, I'm really going out on a limb here, but uh, at the end of the conclusion of the Euro championships, uh, team England lost on penalty kicks and those players of color uh, proceeded to be attacked, you know, smeared all that, uh, all that stuff. And uh, it's just, it's enough is enough. It's gross. If, if you hear it, if you see it, speak up, let people know it's not okay. And uh, yeah, so racists, you continue to be my Deuce Vodka cold performer of the week. They are just fucking ass right now. Ricky, next I up. said it better myself, Dan. Dan speaking on Dan. Dan uh, Rick, you're next up. Deuce Vodka cold performer of the week. Well, Dan, Dan honestly stole mine. Uh, so we're going to go a different route here and we're going to go to, uh, it's on both sides of the world. So we're going to mother nature right now. We've got the fire and the smoke that's coming this way. And then our poor friends out in Germany are, you know, getting destroyed by a flood. Um, anybody's got friends out in Barrie, they're getting hit with a tornado. Like I know there's obviously more to it than just putting it on mother nature, but uh, to keep things a little bit lighter, 
we'll put this on mother nature. She's hitting us from everywhere. And I think, you know what, those mountains are really save us over here. We got it pretty nice here. The worst we've had to deal with was uh plus 40 so far. So we're taking the win here, but uh, mother nature, you're definitely the cold performer of the week. Yesterday was a weird one too, because it was hot out yesterday, but it was also smoky. So I couldn't have my air conditioner on. Otherwise it was just blasting cold smoke into my house. It was uh, sometimes great for beef jerky though. Yeah. My house smells like a campfire right now. It's real nice. I didn't get to enjoy a camping, but my house does smell like a campfire. Cause you know what? I just had the AC on a little bit. Anyway, shots here and there had to Tyler. You're next up. Deuce Vodka cold performer of the week. My cold performer of the week. Uh, it was going to be the smoke and then, Oh, the lack of news today. That's what I'm going for with my cold. Yeah, what the fuck, the NHL? Elliot fair. Friedman was on the DFO rundown today and he told us there were going to be moves. He thought there was going to be big moves happening today in the NHL. And the biggest piece of news we've gotten is that Julian Gauthier has a two way or two year contract with the Rangers. I don't remember because it's that small of a piece of news. No news today. Friedman, what the hell? We have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, led astray, run amok, and flat out deceived. My Deuce Vodka cold performer of the week is, well, I'm going to look ahead a few years, actually. In 2022-23 through 2024-25, the Minnesota Wild have a dead cap zone <laughs> unlike anything I've ever seen before. I mean, we complain on this podcast countless times about having sexy Reg on the books. Uh, Benoit Pouillot was on the books. We still got some retained sp- Salary on Lucic for fuck's sake. But here I am looking at puckpedia.com. And in 2022-23, the Minnesota Wild have $12.743 million in dead cap. And then the following two seasons, they have $14.7 million in dead cap space. I don't know how you put a team together when you've got 16% of your total cap just dead. You're paying essentially Parise and Suter those two seasons, nearly their full rip to not play on the team. I don't get it. It was a bold move by Garen and good luck trying to get free agents to sign there with any length of term. So I don't know what kind of team you put together with that dead cap space, Minnesota wild. You're my cold performer of the week. What the hell is going on? Did it, did that feel like the purge from Philadelphia a couple of years ago to anybody else? Remember when they shipped out Carter and Richards, Richards and just everybody, and then they said it was like for the locker well, room, and they well, took a dive on all those deals? Yeah, but the interesting part about that is like Richards and Carter were in their primes, right? Like they were just getting going in their careers, like Parisi and Suter. Suter's still a really good defenseman, um, but Parisi's like, you know, bottom six guys getting healthy scratch. So I, I wouldn't say it's quite like that, but they're definitely turning the page, and they paid a hell of a price to do it. Like, like you're basically, you need to go get two replacement level players to like negate it's fucked it was such a bad decision i will tell you could you ever have imagined that though like when that happened i was just like there's no way this tweet has to be wrong they didn't buy out both of them and then they did (laughs) well you beg milk you said i don't know where i've seen that big of a cap number where you have seen it is on connor mcdavid's name they basically have a connor mcdavid worth of cap space not playing for them well they have a connor mcdavid and then some for two years because it's (laughs) 14.7 by the time it's like, what do you do? Do you go all in this year for because you can't do anything the f- next three? Like, what do you do? I, I don't get it. It really makes no sense. And right now, like we talked about this, I think it was on Real Life the other day. I'm not sure where, but 
let's flash forward to that year, or let's just say, let's skip through this year and get to next off season when the Minnesota wild will only have $26 million in cap space with nine players on their roster though. So you need a 23 man roster. So with 26 million, <laughs> they have to sign 14 players. Now let's take it one step further. Let's say that Kirill Kaprizov, let's say he signs a bargain short-term deal for seven mil a season because they need to get Kaprizov done. You can't play without them. So that means you're already down to your Remchuk doing math, 19 million for 13 players you need to sign basically a roster of replacement level pto guys just to squeeze it under the cap and on top of that they're talking about going to get jack eichel so if you get cappers off and eichel you'll have nine million dollars for the final 12 players on your roster how do it's you gonna do be that like, it's gonna be a shinny game you know when you go and like play late night shinny and only two a line and a half of your team shows up yeah. and you're just on the ice the entire time that's what the minnesota wild are gonna look like in three years i guarantee it it's almost like, you know what, again, I talked about making this the next GM's problem. It's almost like Bill Guerin's making this the next GM's problem. Uh, Eight years of dead cap space. Like, that's nuts. Think of how old we'll all be. Will we still be doing this podcast when Guerin <laughs> and Breezy and Suter come off the books? What's of worse, Rick DiPietro's contract, guaranteed contract, or that cap space hit? The cap space hit because it's okay. yeah, DiPietro like it doesn't hurt their ability. Worst. Doesn't hurt your ability to, you know operate these although do. my my favorite one is uh tyler what's that guy's name in bobby the, bonilla, league baseball. Bobby yeah. bonilla. <laughs> yes bobby bonilla he's, he's getting paid he's getting paid, a, he's getting paid 100 years like, now <laughs> yeah just to like 20 30 something yeah <laughs> every year on canada today that one comes up and it always makes me laugh all right flipping the ledger hot performers of the week tyler you're up first you're uh yeah you know, hot performer you know, I like to use this segment to talk about some other sports. And if you know me, you know, I am a diehard uh, professional golf fan. So I'm sitting here watching the open. And after two rounds, we got a couple of Canadians up in the top 20. Shout out to Mackenzie Hughes, who had a great run in the last major as well. Shout out to Corey Connors, who is uh, always at the top of the leaderboard. It seems one day one of these Canadians are going to win a major. I can smell it. It's coming. But Mackenzie Hughes and Corey Connors for their Opening two round performances at uh, at the Open, they get my hot performer of the week. Cash money. Rick, you're next. Deuce Vodka, hot performer of the week. Well, Tyler just stole mine again, too. Ah, mine was, yeah. though, uh, for, for the uh, late night guys, it gives me some sports to watch all through the night. Like, it's uh, teeing off at, like, 11.30 p.m. for us late night guys. This is fantastic. Um, I will spin mine and we'll go, we'll keep it in the city and, uh, we're getting real close now. We're three weeks away or something like that, but Elks training camp, uh, CFL, we're almost ready to roll here. It's been a long time without, I've got my season tickets. I'm ready to roll. I can't wait for that to get going. So just watching the, uh, the boys out on the field, uh, putting a team together and a very good looking team, I think. So I think it's gonna be a good year. I just want to get out there and enjoy some Friday, Saturday nights in the sun watching football. So let's go Elks. Oh. <laughs> hey, if if you, you're talking about little clips that we would love to see, that's one of them, please. <laughs> that's good stuff. I have a question about the CFL. So obviously they didn't play last year because of the pandemic. Is Did they extend training camp this year? Did you hear what happened to the Riders? Yeah, they, four, four guys, guys with ACL. Yeah. <laughs> in like in a matter of hours. That is all insane. doing the same that's drill. <laughs> insane. Are you kidding me? 
After the so, third guy, why didn't the coach go, you know what, guys, let's just take the rest of the day off here. <laughs> so, like, what is, did the CFL, though, extend training camps, though, as a result of that? Not overly. Not really, I don't think. There's no, there's no training camp, or sorry, there's no exhibition. Um, maybe a bit, I guess, because they don't start till uh, August 5th weekend. Yeah, they still got, like, a month or whatever. Yeah, so maybe a little bit, but uh, it's a shorter season, too. There's only 14 games this year. Yeah. And the Grey Cup's being played in December? Hamilton. Yes, I believe that's what it is. CFL coming back, though. That's good news. I am looking forward to... You know what? I haven't been to an Elks game in forever. I want to go to one this year. I'm looking forward to it. Dan, you're next up. Deuce Vaca Hot Performer of the Week. Uh, well, mine, my Deuce Vaca Hot Performer of the Week, actually, I reached out to uh, to people on my timeline and asked if they had anybody that they were thankful for. And our friends over at Oilers nation, Germany uh, did reach out and they said that they would like us to, they would like me to give the first responders in their fair country, which as Rick mentioned is going through uh, some terrible flooding destruction of houses and homes and cities and towns and all that kind of stuff. So uh, the first responders in Germany, you're my deuce vodka hot performer of the week. Put some respect on my name. Just to wrap things up here, my hot performer of the week is the NHL in July. Who would have ever expected the NHL in July to be as spicy as it has so far? We haven't even really got going yet. We've still got the expansion draft yet to come. We've got the regular draft yet to come. And we've got free agency yet to come all before the end of this month. And the takes have been spicy. I'm calling it the summer of rage because no matter what goes on around here, people are going to be upset about it. And it is going to be entertaining to watch. So July in the NHL, the news cycle around here, my hot performer of the week. Woo! Friday, baby. Yeah, let's celebrate Friday. Woo! Yes, I agree. I agree. Also, as we're wrapping up, I want to remind everybody about the Weathers Nation Open that's coming up on August 26th. You can go get your teams in at nationgear.ca. Also, if you're a fan of the Real Life Podcast, the boys are doing an auction to golf with Tyler, Chalmers, and Jay. So that's for a group of two of you. You'd be the only fivesome on the course that day. But... We're going to do an auction to get those last two spots, raising some money for Gregor's grads. Tyler, where are we at so far in the auction? $500 is uh, the leading bid right now, but uh, you're getting a lot with that. So it's for you and a friend. You get to load up at the pint. You get to take the bus out to Cougar Creek. You get to golf with myself, Jay, and Chalmers. The money goes to charity. You get your dinner after. We're going to have like a bunch of really good kind of booths and vendors set up around the course. And uh, if you win this package, Trust me when I say Jay and Chalmers, not me because I'm cheap, but Jay and Chalmers will take care of uh, whatever kind of beverages you happen to be buying on the course. So, you know, it, it sounds a little pricey, but then you start factoring in booze or pop or Gatorade or food and all of that. And, and, and you get that going, and you're like, hmm, pretty good deal. And you get to, you know, hang out with me, which I suppose whichever way you look at it is either negative or positive value. And you get to play hooky from work on a Thursday. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to? Right? Right. Head on over to nationgear.ca if you just want to enter a team or Nation Real Life on Twitter and Instagram if you want to submit a bid for the auction to play with the boys. Uh, I've been asked a couple of times, yes, I'll be there also, but I'll be cruising around in the cart with beers doing my usual thing where I talk to people and I take drives for people and cause shenanigans from my golf cart until the battery dies and somebody else gets me into it. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. 
from our friends at Sherwood Ford and Bixler Jewelers, Cornerstone Insurance, and Deuce Vodka. I'm Bag Milk with Tyler, Rick, and Dan. This is Oilers Nation Radio, episode 148. Subscribe, tell your friends, and leave us some reviews. I looked, nothing fresh to read today. Ah. Did we get any, uh, any voicemails, Tyler? Uh, most of them are for real life. I think we did get one, but it was more of a question, so we have had to dig into it earlier. And also... Enjoy this episode today because it is going to be the last one with Tyler for a week or so. He's going I, on holidays. Yeah, we'll see. It, depending on how much news breaks, I might I might get too itchy and I might want to hop in next Friday. So you never know. That sounded very ominous, Big Milk. Yes, because we will. Last murder. one with Tyler for a week. Yeah, Should have just ended it with that. It's the last one with Tyler. <laughs> it's the last one with Tyler because Dan and I are burying him in my basement in my Buffalo Bill cell. <laughs> Put the lotion on the skin, Tyler. That's it for Oilers Nation Radio. Have a great weekend, everybody. Shout out Caleb Jones. Best wishes. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.